0: Thanks for joining us for another episode in SIFMA's DEI podcast series. I'm Amina Ross, Managing Director of Advocacy at SIFMA. I'm here today to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the financial services industry, the opportunities and challenges we're facing today, and the ways in which Siebert Williams Schenck and Co is working in the space of DEI with Gary Hall, partner and head of investment banking at Siebert Williams-Shank. Welcome, Gary. Good morning,
1: and how are you? At least good morning to you out west.
0: (laughs) We appreciate that. Um, So to begin with, what does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to Siebert Williams-Shank?
1: Uh, that's an interesting question. Um, So the first thing I probably should state, you know, as uh, the nation's leading sort of MBE investment bank that happens to be majority woman-owned um, and majority African American-owned with Hispanic ownership, we kind of lived the remark, if you will. Um, that's the good news, but um, it's really important that we don't take that for granted. Just because we have uh, diversity reflected in in our in our office space uh, within our Uh, C-suite, we understand that diversity just does not mean hues and gender, it also means diversity of thought. And so we work exceedingly hard, exceedingly hard trying to ensure that our our employee base feel like they are inclusive and entitled to not only be present and and add value to our business operations, but also um, to the direction and culture of our firm. A couple examples. we work very hard to make sure our junior em- em- employees uh, feel that they uh, have a meaningful impact in how we do business. Um, I'll give you one quick antidote um, there's this process in my business called, you know, uh, ref- doing refundings. It's a long, laborious process where you go through official statements and you try to identify certain aspects of a client's sort of financial uh, debt portfolio to do a refunding. And you learn a lot through this very tedious process, right? And so I was talking to our junior employees, and it was like, well, why do we do it this way? You know, you know, there's so much uh, that that is they have these. Re- huge repositories where we can just extract this information and get this done in a matter of seconds as opposed to going through this process and i would really resisted that you know because i thought wait a minute you know you learn so much if you go through this process it's like doing math without a calculator right then i was talking to my boss about it i said yeah you wouldn't believe how these junior employees want to skip steps and they want to actually um you know do these refundings in in nanoseconds she said wait a minute you mean we can do refundings Um, in a matter of seconds versus hours, why would we not wanna do that? And I was like, that's a good point. So it's not only this notion of challenging us to think differently so people can feel included, but allowing folks to make us better by bringing in a different prism and a different thought process that allows us to think and look at problems and and, and solutions to those problems in a different way. And it's making us better as a firm. Uh, We learned a lot through, through this summer um, this past summer when we went, the nation went through sort of this inflection point post to George Floyd uh, murder and, and the, the social unrest. You know, we had this presumption that everybody sort of got the joke, was on the same side of this, and we didn't realize that so many of our employees had public safety and law enforcement backgrounds within their families and so how this issue resonated with them was a little different than for others and so we have some real robust conversations within our firm as to how we look at these issues and how we must continue to strive hard to make sure diverse perspectives uh, resonate with throughout our employee base
0: that's really interesting so can you tell me a little bit about your background and what brought you to CBERT and um, some of the challenges you see uh, in the diversity pipeline, especially as you're trying to keep the firm diverse?
1: Yeah, so that's just a great great question. So for, foremost, I would say, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a graduate of, of an HBCU, Howard University. Um, and though Howard has the benefit of having a lot of Wall Street firms um, cover this campus for students, you know, still financial services was something that I did not appreciate the depth and breadth um, I thought you just had to be an investment banker or you just had to be a commercial banker. I didn't realize there were a host of other uh, vocational uh, uh, sort of perspectives that you can actually pursue uh, within financial services. Um, so I had a very limited perspective, right? Um, I, I came more exposed when I was a lawyer, okay. I practiced law in corporate finance. And I saw a whole different aspect of financial service from that perspective, being a lawyer representing um, large corporations and banks. Um, And that just gave me a more in-depth appreciation for the opportunities that existed, so much so that um, after I completed a White House fellowship, I decided to uh, put away my law uh, shingle and become a banker uh, to this noble profession. Um, First in capital markets, doing mergers and acquisitions, and then finding my life's work in public finance. Throughout the process, like most other folks, um, I had the benefit of having great mentors folks who were you know, sort of really champion of my success. Um, I would say some of the challenges that I incurred um, that I'm sure others may have well is this whole notion of how to really learn from failures and successes and not being defined by your failures and successes. It becomes very difficult. I, I, I once remember a situation where I had completed um, this long presentation um, um, that um, I, I was given as a, as a junior banker and um, it had a typo in it. Um, and it was a typo. Um, we have
0: all been there. <laughs> yeah
1: um, And that typo quickly became in my review an issue with respect to my writing ability. Now I'm a lawyer. Now that's one thing I know I can write, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the irony of it uh, in the review, that was critiquing my writing, there were a litany of typos. <laughs> um, and so uh, I remember asking uh, at the time my supervisor said, You know, I acknowledge I had a typo in the presentation. Thank God we had someone to, to find it. Um, but I'm noticing here, in this review, there are a host of typos here, and I don't think anybody's making an attribution about someone's writing capabilities based on these typos. And that led to a real sort of illuminating discussion with my then supervisor, but it was an example of how um, from time to time, for whatever reasons, I don't know why, there can be sort of stereotypical sort of narratives that are painted for certain employees uh, that become hard to get rid of. Um, and, And it's one of the things that I found the most challenging throughout my, uh, financial service career when I was least at a bulge bracket firm.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you have new employees that are maybe coming from those bulge bracket firms, what how do you kind of bring them into the environment at Seabert? And how does how is that environment different than maybe what you experienced at those firms?
1: You know, we have this this label we call deconstructing. Um, And what what that means is that we we pride ourselves on taking the, getting the best talent that we can. If they happen to matriculate from bullish bracket firms, phenomenal. Um, If we can get them from other way places, that's great as well. But what we find particularly with those who come from bullish bracket firms is that we have to train folks on being able to take risks. It's important um, at our firm that you learn from your mistakes Mm -hmm. and you only can learn from those mistakes if you, are willing to take risks and getting folks to step outside their comfort zones to be able to challenge them to take initiative and take risks being okay with having mistakes is something that we find that we have to push people to do. Um, And once they get comfortable with that risk taking and learning that we actually appreciate them making mistakes and learning from those mistakes, it's not the mistake that defines you, it's the litany of mistakes that define you. and, and them being um, comfortable with their own self-corrective learning capability, um, it, then we get this integration where we think our culture meshes with the, the, the talents of that individual and we can maximize their potential. But it's a process and it's something that we're very conscious about. It's something that we teach not only in our junior banking ranks, but our senior managers, so we, we ask our senior bankers to really, really be patient with folks and pushing um, um, their colleagues um, and uh, especially their junior colleagues to take those risks. But it's something that we have to work exceedingly hard on because it's, 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 it's a trait that I don't know what it is, especially for minority candidates, um, taking risks is something that is, is very, very hard uh, um, in majority sort of uh, institutions.
0: So, importantly, just a few weeks ago, CBER uh, affiliated Clear Vision Impact Fund formed to enhance uh, employment, job training, and the accessibility of educational opportunities in historically underserved and um, disenfranchised communities. And I just want to hear a little bit more about that new commitment.
1: Well, uh, this is a collaboration with some of our corporate clients, mm-hmm. uh, Comcast, eBay, Apple, Consolidated Brands, uh, Microsoft, um, where they all felt the need to be more involved um, in the underserved communities and figure out a way to capitalize those businesses that may have had limited access to capital in, in the past. And so uh, our chairman, Chris Williams led our effort uh, to s- establish uh, a debt fund uh, where we're going and, and assisting those businesses, those middle market companies that are looking to scale up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not only capital that we're offering, right? Uh, we have the benefit of having a huge platform with, with, uh, with government, uh, business, state and local government business through our muni platform. Mm-hmm. And a lot of historically uh, MBE firms, their first clients are state and local governments. And so in addition to being able to offer capital, we're also offering acumen. Uh, We know how to navigate the sort of sometimes Byzantine procurement processes of state and local government. The same is the case for Fortune 1000 companies, uh, where we are beneficiary of supplier diversity on the capital market side. Um, If there are companies out there that may be a great supplier uh, to AT&T and wanting to have business with Verizon, well, we know how to to make those connections for those companies and help them scale up, in addition in providing them them with capital. So it's a a targeted $250 million fund. We look for companies that are middle market companies with an EBITDA between uh, probably a million to $10 million. We look to to make five, four to five million dollar checks. Um, You'll be shocked as to their the, the, the amount of activity uh, that we received um, as far as inquiries of, of, of potential uh, fundees. Um, and we're really excited about our ability to make an impact in, in the communities that we serve.
0: And that's a national program. Are you focusing on certain regions or cities?
1: It is a national program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are right now, we, we're soon uh, to the, uh, the the actual uh, terms of agreement with four or five companies that are spread all over the country. Um, And that's the benefit of having 19 offices and a a national footprint that we have tentacles in these communities um, all all over the country. So again, uh, another way for us to expand our offerings um, and most importantly, allow us to make a a difference in this underserved communities that we serve.
0: Yeah. So you're kind of at the forefront of uh, creating firms a firm that is successful, diverse, and is really meeting the needs of your clients. Looking towards the future, where are the next opportunities to advance DEI across the industry?
1: I I, I still think we have to work harder in making that point of entry wider. Mm -hmm. Um, The portals that we we typically look at are narrow. I'll give you an example. when I was at a barge bracket firm, those of us who sat around on the hiring committees, we are reflected sort of a similar background, right? And so when we're looking for candidates, and most importantly, when you're looking for candidates to come in, the first thing on your mind is who's gonna help me do my work, right? And when you think of that, you think of people who look like you, who come from the same institutions that you come from, and you don't wanna take risk in bringing on someone new that you don't know. Um, and so you guess what, you hire folks who fit a very homogeneous type of background, Mm -hmm. and you don't get that stretch for diversity. So the first thing we have to do is get out of our comfort zone and go look for great talent and pastors that we don't typically uh, look at. So for example, HBCUs uh, have a wealth of talent of folks who have ingenuity, brain power, tremendous passion and thirst for growth. Um, and making sure we provide access um, to this great financial service industry that we have. The second thing is really nurturing the talent that we have within our walls. You know, uh, in a perfect world, I would have never left a barge bracket firm, but I thought you know leadership opportunities were limited uh, because uh, either the, the, the trajectory for leadership was very, very narrow, um, or the, the, the composition and the profile of what, who was deemed to be a leader, um, it didn't fit, you know, my personality traits. I got to tell you, I'm very encouraged in what I'm seeing with a lot of brokerage firms changing that. Uh, I happen to be a shareholder of JP Morgan. and I just read their um, letter to the shareholders by Jamie Dimon. And it was all about inclusive and being in and, and i not from the standpoint of just being an involved corporate citizen, but for their own business survival. Right. Um, and when you make that nexus, um, then you start to get true impact. And I see a bunch of leaders um, at JP Morgan who were my peers when I'm there, who are really ascending to really powerful roles within the organization because they seem like there's teeth uh, behind that commitment. And so that's a very, very encouraging thing as someone who has a sophomore uh, in college who for whatever reason decided he wanted to follow my pathway in financial services and i see the opportunities that he's being presented um, they're just much wider and much deeper than what those that my colleagues i mean my peers did when we were coming back to school so i'm very encouraged by by what's going to happen in the future in financial services
0: all right well i try to keep up to date with everything that is going on with deeper but did you want to share any other initiatives or programs with our audience?
1: I would tell you, you know, we have grown exponentially. This is not your mom seabird. The reason I say your mom seabird is because we, uh, our, uh, our CEO um, is Suzanne Shank, who's a trailblazer on Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Our, we have tripled our capital, net capital um, in the last three or four years. Um, we have expanded our offerings. We're not only number one when it comes to municipal bonds, but also capital markets. Uh, we have over $5 billion in assets management and on a cash management strategy that we, we help some of our foundations and corporate clients. So our firm is growing exponentially. You know, We continue to, to add, add talent. Um, gotta tell you, it's getting getting harder now. Um, the competition for the talent is becoming fierce, um, mm-hmm. but we're finding that we're able to uh, differentiate ourselves and the value proposition that we offer to really, really close the gap with what we offer from what bulge is to really be competitive in all the different aspects of financial services.
0: So, great. Thanks so much again, Gary, for joining me today. It was a real pleasure chatting with you. To learn more about CIFMA and our work to promote diversity and inclusion, please visit us at cifma.org. Slash explore issues, slash diversity and inclusion. And to learn more about Siebert Williams, Shank, and co impressive work in this space, please visit siebertwilliams.com. Thank you again, Gary.
1: Thank you. Have a great day.